Welcome to C3 Church Central Coast Sermon Cast. We pray that you'll be inspired and impacted by this message and trust that you're better equipped to live your best life. Man of God. And so right there in those first five words, it's he's immediately separated. 
destruction and pain and sin and mess and issues. He's saying, but you, but you, man of God. And so he's implying that there is a separateness, that there is something different for us, that there is a, a higher way that we are called to. And so I guess what he's talking about is consecration. You know, and this word means to be separate and set apart and, and, and purpose inherited and dedicated. That's the word, separate, set apart, and specifically dedicated for God's use. That's what consecration is, is, is being set apart and set aside and solely used for God's purposes. And I just want to talk about that tonight, this idea of consecration, because it's how we were designed to live. It's, it's not like I'm going to be so different and just go heaps out of the... Actually, that's the box. Like, that's not out of the box. That's where we were actually created to live in. And everyone else is living outside the box, outside of how they were even designed. I mean, that's why there's pain, because people are doing things that they weren't created to do. And it's causing destruction. And Paul is calling Timothy to say, you know, he's saying, but you, be different. Be consecrated. Designate your life to a separate way of living. A higher way of living. There's a call for us, you know, and it's sacred and it's it's specific. And it's about God. So he's calling us to be consecrated. And, you know, being consecrated is, is a whole way of living. It's a whole life. And it starts with our heart and it flows out of everything we do. Because when you give yourself to God, you give yourself to God. You know, you give everything. And if you don't give everything, then you haven't been consecrated because you're still holding things for yourself. You know, the idea is being set apart completely for God. So, why is God calling us to be consecrated? Why is he saying to us, but you, but you? Well, there's two reasons, um, and I touched on the first one already, but it's the best life for us. It's the best way that we can live. So, he's saying, but you live this way because, like I said before, that's how we were created to live. And there's nothing more satisfying. You know, um, I um, help out with immersion and preach sometimes. And, and, and sort of the core of my message that I share to these young kids is live the life that you were designed to live. Because, you know, everyone's in a pursuit of something and we're all trying to be happy and satisfied and content and feel, you know, useful and worth, worth something. But we can't do that if we're not living the way that we were created to live. So it's the best way for us. There's nothing more satisfying. And I was just thinking about the moments in my life that are most uh, special and, and, and mean the most, you know. And I thought about um, these trips to Lake Angelico that we probably all heard about. We, you know, go out to the country and just minister to these, like, um, Aboriginal kids. It's, like, a, quite a troubled sort of community. And we just hang out with them and run a program. And, you know, there's some of the greatest moments in my life are those trips. And, and and not just because it's a fun way to sort of get out and be in the country and all that, but, like, there's nothing more precious than just, you know, dedicating a, a small amount of my time to do nothing that's for me, like it's for them, and, and, and just hanging out, you know, in the river and getting sunburned, and it's not a river, it's a lake, lake um, you know, just hanging out in the water and just getting burnt and, and, and being with these kids and loving them and showing them Jesus. That is so precious to me. Nothing is more valuable in this world. You know, when I have my connect group, I've got a beautiful little bunch of uh, year 11 girls now, and when we just sit around and I hear all their silly problems and we drink coffee and laugh, like, they're so precious moments. 
even um, yesterday, Kale and I were at uh, KFC, just having a bit of a breather in the aircon, and we're talking about God, and we're just excited, and it's just providing for both of us in cool ways, and, and I was like, oh, no, it's awesome, like, it's kind of sick, and I said, he's awesome, and this woman comes up to us, and she's like, you know what else is awesome, I'm going to join you, and we're like, hi, cool, like, she fully came up to us, and then we just um, started to talk to her, and kind of got her story, and um, we probably sat in there for like an hour, do you think, just talking to her, and and hearing about her life, she's had some real rough times and some ups and downs. And, and she's sort of just moved to the coast and she's homeless. She's kind of living in random housing place. She's at the Formula One and like this for a while. And, you know, we just sat there and listened to her and loved her. And then we just held hands and prayed for her. And I don't think I'll ever forget that, you know. It was so precious. And when I laid hands on her and prayed for her, like it was the most beautiful thing, you know, and, and nothing is more important. We can travel and buy things and have great times and big parties and, you know, life is full and it's fun and it's rich and it's beautiful, but the most precious moments are those funny little moments in the lake with some Aboriginal kids or hanging out in KFC, just praying for some random woman that came out. Oh, yeah, so then we brought her to church this morning, that was it. And then that's where she came and she loves that and wants to come back and so that was cool. Um, so praying for her. And, you know, like, they're the moments that are most satisfying. And the reason is because that's how we were designed to live. Just loving people. Just being available to let God do cool, random, funny things. It was cool. We didn't have anything to do that often. We were just hanging out. And then we just had this random encounter. Like, just be available. Be ready to, for, for God to use some, Use you. That's consecration. Like, cool, I'm around God. Like, do what you want. And he will. He totally will. So first, so that's one of the, the first reason that God wants us to be consecrated is because that's the most satisfying way that we can live. It's the best way for us. It's because that's how we were designed to live. Nothing will satisfy you more than being exactly in God's will, like in a relationship with him, serving him, loving him, loving his people. Like that's the most content you can ever get is being in his will. That's the first reason. The second reason is, you know, it's, it's, it's best for us. And secondly, it's best for others. It's for others. We need to live a consecrated life because other people see it and it speaks to them. You know, we can say all these amazing things to people because, you know, like, it talks about, before he says, but you, he's talking about these people that are living really bad lives and really need help. And he's saying, but you, man of God, flee from all this and, and pursue righteousness and live a different way. For you, it's best for you. But these people need to see that. These people need to see a way that was that is different, that is that is actually better and higher. And I mean, that's the core, isn't it? God is saying, "But you, man of God, let me use your life to show people how good I am. Let me use your life to show people that I am real, that I bless the people that live in my will. Let me use your life, consecrate it, so that they can be blessed." You know, I have friends that need God, and I can't not be friends with them. I don't have the right to, to break off that friendship because they need God, and I'm the only Christian that they know, and when God blesses me, they see it, and they notice it. Like, they notice it. Like, like God is amazing to me. I just get given jobs and places to live and, and cool opportunities. It just works out for you, though. Like, it just works out, and random protection from things that should have really, like, we this party once, and we were hanging out, and we left, and the bonfire exploded, and people were severe. 
started in like 2010. Maybe 2009. I don't know. But I left with my friend, and then we came back, and the bonfire exploded while we were gone, and like we were just completely protected from it. And someone said, I'm going to hang out with you because you get looked after. Like, I'm like, what is that? Mama, like, we need to live a consecrated life for other people to see and be spoken to. Because, like, we can say everything good, and we can say all the right words, but, but nothing speaks louder than just living a life that is so clearly for God's use. Like, people notice. People notice, and, and it speaks to them more powerfully than any cool conversation you can have and any clever stories or sort of theological insights. So, like, just... Just love God and love people and consecrate your life, and they will see it. And that's what's going to change people's hearts. Just like our life has to be a testimony, not just our testimony, like not just the words. Like our life is the testimony. Do you know what I mean? That's the most powerful thing. So that's why we need to be consecrated because it's best for us and it's best for others. They need to see that. And like the thing is, there are people in your life that need to see your life. Like God's placed them there. So be aware of those people and make good decisions. For them, because then you go and like end up living like the people at the start of this chapter, they will notice that as well, you know. And then, like, so it's obvious, like, we've got to be consecrated for other people to see. So that's why we need to be consecrated. And so, then, how? Like, how do we do this? Because we live in a world that's not really consecrated, like, it's not, it's not, it's not for God. We live in a, in a place, our existence here on earth is not is not, you know, around us. People aren't living their lives for God and society and the culture that we're in, it's not all naturally heading towards a place that is for God. So we need to do something if we want to be consecrated. Because if you don't, you won't be. Like, it's it's not just a given thing. We have to make a decision. We have to do something. So first of all, it's a condition of the heart. I talked about this before. Like, it's, it's giving over our heart. And it's quite painful. Like, it's not easy. Because... You know, we kind of naturally like, cool, I'll just hang on to that. Like, God's like, no, like, I mean, stuff you didn't even know was, you was, that was there. God's going to identify it, which is painful enough. And then he's like, now give it to me. And you're like, no, God, like, it's painful, but oh my goodness, it's how we were designed to live. And, and, and consecration means giving our whole heart. That's firstly how we set our lives in a place that need, that, that is for God, is giving him our heart, giving him our desires and our will and our our dreams and, and everything that we have. You know, we've been talking about dreams and, and, and it's really important to have some visions and ideas for our lives. But ultimately, like, the core of all of that is just do God's will. Like, obey Him. Like, if you want to have a dream, obey God. There's your dream. There's your vision for your life. Just obey Him. Like, just do what He wants. Because you can come up with all these amazing schemes, but if God's will, it's not God's will, like, it won't be blessed, and it, it won't be satisfying, and then, like, maybe you'll be successful, but for not for the right reasons, and, like, obey God. Like, that's the start, is our heart being there in a place where we are prepared to do that, where we're prepared to serve and prepared to, so, you know, we have to give over our, our hearts. I love that verse that says, like, um, I didn't look it up. I don't know where it is from, but Paul talks about, you know, like, being crucified, with Christ, like I die, he said in another verse, I die daily, like every day he, he dies, that's how extreme it is, giving 
It's like, look at this. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. So there's four powerful words in there, and, and that speaks very clearly about how we do this, how we consecrate our lives. Because, you know, you can give over your heart, but that will eventually lead to your life matching up with that. Because if you don't, then that's kind of the lukewarm Christian that's like, well, I'm pretty, but then the life isn't. Like, so it's a condition of the heart, but then that flows out into everything that we do. And so first, look at this. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith. And I was really... Um, taken aback by that verb because like to wander away, like some people definitely do turn their back on God in quite a significant and uh, extreme way. But most people that sort of you know walk away from God or never really were there, like they just wander away. And it's one little bad decision after another and then all of a sudden they're like down there like so far. They just wandered away. They just drifted. And so clearly what that says is that if we don't make an active decision to stay in God's will, to stay consecrated, we just wander away. I mean, the classic example is like the ocean and the rips. Um, you know, it's no summer and you've all been swimming and stuff. And like, I hate rips. Like, they freak me out. I just can't. Like, where I know I'm kind of going to rip on you. Like, I just, I, I find it hard to enjoy swimming because I'm like, I'm going to drown. I'm like, but, you know, it's amazing when you don't know you're in a rip and then you're like, cool, I'm going to get out of the water now. And then you're like, oh, it's really hard. And you finally get out. And you're like 100 meters from where you were swimming. Like, you know, your towel's like down the beach. And what? Like, if you don't actively decide to stay out of the rip, you will be in the rip. And it will just casually, you know, like, and you're just floating along. You're not doing anything to move away. But you're not doing anything to stay. And so you, all of a sudden you're 100 meters down the beach or 100 meters out to sea and you've drowned and you die. So that's kind of a nice analogy of... Don't wander. Don't, do you wander into church? Like, cool, just there God wants, you know, just wandering. And like, we have to be actively pursuing and making decisions that keep us in God's will. Because if you make one little bad decision after another, and then you do that, and like, it's pretty basic stuff, but we need to make decisions that we need to choose. We need to decide. If you're like, oh, just, oh, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm just going to go to the party and see what happens. You will sin. You will. If you don't decide not to sin, you will sin. Like, that's really the bottom line of, 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 of temptation and all that is like, that's at a point, you have to go, okay, I'm not going to sin. Because if you don't decide that, you will. That's the nature of the flesh that we live in and the world that we're a part of. You need to decide against that. And so that's people that wonder, you know, and you can see them and you can feel them wondering and you're like, come back. Like, you need to start making steps and moving. Because if you don't, you're going to be drifting all the way down the beach. Or out to sea with the sharks. Don't wander. So what do we do? I'll point it out again. But you, man of God, flee from all of this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith and take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Just page two of my notes now, guys. Um, so flee. The first one he says flee. Flee from all of this. And, and, and this is kind of what I was talking about before. It was like actively deciding not to sin. That would pretty much just preach that point. So just take all that and put it under this subheading because I'm, you know, whatever. Anyway, so flee from all of this. Because if you don't decide not to, you will. That's, that's it, you know. And 
dancing, just quarreling about words, you know. And then there's like evil strife, malicious talk, like constant friction between men of a corrupt mind. Like, you know what I mean? Some of the stuff just seems kind of like, well, you know, like they're just really interested in gossip. I don't know, they're always around. There's people that just are around and have those conflict, they're in it. Like, you're not even friends with those people. Like, how are you fighting with, like, you know those people, like, they just love conflict and friction and it's just a constant thing and it's destructive. Like, it's taking people from the kingdom of God. And so we need to be aware of these little things and, and, and fleeing from them. Like, fleeing. Like, that's quite... I don't think I've ever really fleed, like, for my life. Like, that's quite... Mel once, this is awesome. I'm just going to picture it for you. She got chased by a guy with a sword down George Street. She, we came out of a club or something. This doesn't make you sound great. Mel's really holy woman. But anyway, she came out of a club, and this guy had a sword. <laughs> he chased her. I was on the train. He had a sword. Like, I'd flee from a sword. Like, that's, that's awesome. So I just hang out with Mel in the city. You never know what will happen. We've got to flee. Like, we have to flee. And some things, you know, we think, oh, I don't know. I just, I'm just, I guess I just like that sort of gossip. Whatever. Like, those little things, we need to decide, no, 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 that's not okay, and flee from it. Like, actually run away. Flee from these things. Don't even go to the party, you know, like, all this stuff. But come on. I like how it says flee from all this. Like, if you're not sure specifically what, like, just all of it, just get away from all of it. Just get away. Like, um, the show's okay. Some of us don't thumb, right? Like, just get away from all of it. Just flee from all of that. It's safer. Like, it's just safer. Like, I'm not that desperate for entertainment. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just flee from it all. So that's the first one. We're going to flee. First of all, just I'm not going to be a part of that sin and, and flee. Every day there's opportunities to really get away and flee. And then secondly, and this is cool because it's pursue. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. So when we flee, when we move away, we've got somewhere we're going, and it's pursuing these things. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And I find that really interesting because, you know, these verbs and this whole sort of section, it's quite sort of emotive and powerful, and it's like, you know, do this and flee and pursue, like pursue is strong. But then the, the place that we get to is quite peaceful, like righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness, like lasting and staying and loving people and being righteous and godly, you know, like, like gentleness. I'm just kind of recently learning about how powerful it is to be gentle. It's not really in my nature to be gentle. But, like, when I'm speaking to people, you know, and I get quite passionate about a topic or something, I, there's, there's one guy in particular, like, he's not at all a Christian, he's got some crazy views, but, you know, so we debate and we talk, and I'm like, no, 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 what do you mean by happiness? Because what if something bad goes wrong? Like if something goes wrong. And then he's like, well, I guess it's just knowing in your heart that it's going to be okay. Like I'm just at peace with things that are greater than you. I'm like, what do you think that thing is that's like greater than you? Like, would you call it God? Like, so we pretty much go from happiness to the most important thing in life is to be at peace with God. Like, and that's just me asking him questions. Like, gentleness is powerful. Like, that's what changes people. Because people are fighting and angry and aggressive. Like, we get back at them in their face. Like, they're just going to not be into it. You know what I mean? Like, gentleness can be a very powerful tool.
school, especially when talking to people. And, I mean, all this stuff, like righteousness, like, what I love is that we pursue them, but we don't earn them. Like, we don't, we don't deserve any of that. I don't deserve to be righteous, but I am because I have Jesus. And so it's not like kind of earning them and sort of banking on points and getting there. It's like just a daily pursuit. And, and, and what that is, I guess, is like acknowledging that God's given them to you and then just sort of allowing them to be expressed in our lives. So I am righteous, but whether or not I choose that right, like, like let that righteousness be evident in my life, that's my decision. You know what I mean? Like, we don't earn them, but we just pursue them. And we just live in that place where we are constantly aware of the things that God has for us and going after them. So righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And then I love the next one. Fight. So he says, pursue all these things. Fight the good fight of faith. You know, because everyone is fighting. That's in our nature for sure, to fight. Like, to fight. When people get angry about us. So we're aggressive humans, and we, we're passionate, and we're, because we were made to be fighting for something. And, you know, when you remove yourself from God's will, you'll continue to fight, but it will be for some lucky stuff. I was on the internet. I was looking at, this is fun, um, like some stuff like, I typed in, what are you most passionate about? And so there were a few, like, forums that I found and stuff. So the environment was huge, like, and I'm not dissing it. Like, for sure, that's important. Like, it is. Don't let up. But, <laughs> and the rest. The environment was massive. Animal rights was so big. And I'm, I honestly looked at, like, I think five different forums. Every single one, animal rights had more hits and more discussion than human rights. I'm dead serious. Like, people are more passionate about saving whales than children who don't have meals for dinner. Like, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But, like, so animal rights, for sure, we respect animals and look after them, but human rights is pretty big, too. So there was a lot of talk about vodka in one of these farms. What are you most passionate about? Vodka. Science. This guy went nuts about science. Success and winning. That had a very common theme. This chick, organic foods. What are you most passionate about? Organic foods. Good for small farms, good for the environment, and good for our health. My friend Chloe is quite into organic foods, actually. Probably not that into it, but anyway. This guy, this is the best. What are you most passionate about? Ready? Public transportation. <laughs> what a champ. He was going nuts for it. It gets people out of their cars, which can save energy, cut pollution, and probably save lives. This is the best. It also brings people together. A good high school friend met her husband on the train. Like he's most passionate about public transportation because he can meet some great people. Like, that's the best. That's what he's most passionate in life. Like, he's fighting for public transport because there's so many reasons there to get on a bus. And then this guy. I am most passionate about the fact that all of the answers show that our world is so intricately interconnected that to allow for the successful enablement of solutions to each of the expressed individual expressed passionate, passionate interests, we are now at the point in the world when all must realize that we must each give up a little of an absolute goal in order to reach a consensus that will enable all to make inroads against the most powerful and wealthy interests that through their unethical influence create selective blockages against any individual or group goal that is intended to improve all of our lives. That was one sentence. I have a lot of capitals. I don't even... I don't, I'm really exhausted now. I don't really know what he was talking about, but he's passionate about it. Probably just 
world of Warcraft does. I have no idea what it's going on about. So anyway, people are fighting. Like, people are fighting. People are out there, and they are fighting. In some causes, like, are great. We've got to have that. But ultimately, fight the good fight. Fight for your friends. Fight for your family. It's like those people I was talking about before that have been placed in your life that you're actually responsible for. We're going to fight for them. Be gentle when you talk to them, but when you pray, don't be gentle. Like, fight for them. Like, intercede. Like, find the devil off their lives, because if you don't, who will? Like, we're going to fight. We're going to fight for our friends. We're going to fight for people that don't know God. We're going to fight for his kingdom. It's not a fight against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual fight, and it's taking place around you. Like, it's existing. Whether or not you get involved is your issue, you know, and then it talks about, like, the armor of God in Romans. Is that in Romans? Ephesians, how embarrassing. Just spending your Bible college. Um, it talks about the armor of God, like the word is the sword. Let's fight. Like it's a spiritual battle and it needs to take place because like God is going to win. And whether or not you get involved and fight for some people, like it's so important. Fight the good fight of faith. God's love is powerful. Like it's the most powerful force in the universe. Fight with it. Like fight with his love. Like, I love that. Sometimes I'm like, I never really need God. Like, I'm going to fight for you and pray for that. And then I'm just like, I'm going to fight with love. Like, I'm going to love you so much, you don't know what you're going to do. Like, just love them. Just get in their world. I love that. And then finally, take hold. Seize life. Just take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Seize life now because there's no better time to do it. Like, let's not wait around. Let's not just sort of see how the next decade pans out and whatever. Like, fight. I mean, what are we on? Take hold. Seize life. Let's do this. Let's do it now. Let's do it right. Take hold. Take hold of God. Like, He's so, got so many things for you. And sometimes I wonder, like, you know, like, oh, why are you blessing me? What's wrong? Like, I think sometimes He's got all this stuff for us and He's just waiting for us to really take hold of it. Like, really claim it. What, what is the sort of lingering in your world that you need to take hold of? Ultimately, that is just God, a relationship with Him. Like, like, like seeking Him, you know, because that's the difference between, like, a mature Christian and an immature Christian, like a baby, and an adult. like a baby doesn't take hold of anything. They're, like, given food, and they're, like, dressed, and this is what you're going to do today. Like, but then an adult, like, they have to sort of take hold of life and actually make decisions and do things, because if they don't, a little bit weird. We've got to take hold. And that's the difference between like, an, an immature Christian that's born again, you straight out like, no Christian, that's awesome. But the difference of like, how we grow is by taking hold of things and reading the Bible, that is cool, I want that in my life, and seizing it. Like, like deciding to have it and then having it. Like just getting it. Seizing the things of God and taking hold of Him. And, and just having like a devotional life that is, is taking hold of God. Because He's like, so hanging to hang out. And then ultimately, this is what's cool. I'm just going to read further down. Um, verse like, uh, 15. Uh, 14. To um, keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who, is a, who alone is immortal and who, like, who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, can see, to him be honor and might forever. And so ultimately, like, you know, we've given these, these verbs and this way of living and, and we're called to be consecrated, but, but always just for God. He is king. He is the only 
And so, you know, we do these things, and he, he said to God for our lives, but without him, like, we have just nothing. Like, just don't even try and do it without him. Like, without him actively moving in your life, not just attending church, but don't even do it without praying every day, like, without being with God, because he is the only ruler. He is the immortal, he alone is immortal, who lives in unapproachable life. Like, that's our God, and, and, and ultimately we do this. We consecrate our lives to someone so powerful and mighty, like, how can we go wrong, you know? If you consecrate your lives to him, you'll be okay. Like, like, you will succeed because he owns everything. Like, he is God. Let's consecrate our lives to him for, you know, the whole lives. Just everything. Let's give it over. Let's consecrate him because he is God and, and, and we can't go wrong. We can't go wrong. We hope you have enjoyed this message and feel challenged and encouraged. Please let others know about this free podcast so they too can grow and learn to live their best life. You can find out more about our church and ministries at www.c3cc.org.au. God bless you.